What are the keys for a successful 2023 for the Minnesota Wilds? I can think of a few names. We discuss three players who hold the keys to a push to the playoffs today on Locked on Wilds. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Just a reminder, you can find Lockdown Wild on your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we talk about three players who hold the keys to a successful push to the playoffs for the Wild in 2023. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, and with a game coming up tomorrow... We will have a preview for you uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Let's take a look just at some things that are going to need to happen for the Wild in 2023 to uh, continue what has been a strong rebound to the year after the dreadful start. Three players that we're going to focus on today, and we'll start with maybe the biggest of the three, that being Philip Gustafson. The goaltending situation for the Minnesota Wild so far this year has been good. And uh, it's just amazing to see the numbers and the rebounds after the, uh, the first bit of the season. But if the Wild are going to continue that, they're going to need a heavy dose of Philip Gustafson just to allow the Wild the ability to not have to lean on Marc-Andre Fleury or to get to where they feel like they can only play one goalie. That has been one of the reasons that the tandem has worked as well as it has is that the wild feel like they have two uh, solid options in the net uh, here this season. And so you look at Gustafson's numbers, which this leads me to believe that at this point, there's hope that he can keep things going um, so far. Obviously October was not great with a goals against average of just under four and uh, Gustafson in the, two games that he started, uh, then also accumulated three losses with 10 goals allowed. We remember those games very well. We remember the game in which he came into the lineup against the Los Angeles Kings. We remember his first couple of starts as well. The game against Colorado was not great either. But look at what he's done since. He started five games in November and allowed 10 goals. He was 3-1 and one with the goals against average under two. And in the month of December, he started six games, was 5-1 and one in December with a 1.98 goals against average. And so his overall body of work, 8-5, 8-5-1, I beg your pardon, with a 2.34 goals against average and a 9.20 save percentage, also had a shutout in December as well. Uh, Gustafson is getting better as the season progresses. And it's not just the home games. His, uh, his road numbers are great. He's 3-2 and two on the road, but a 1.62 goals against average, a 9.46 save percentage, and a shutout as well. 5-3 and three at home, 
And that factors in that game against the uh, Colorado Avalanche as well as that game against the uh, Los Angeles Kings. So obviously his goals against average at home, a little higher, but still he is uh, is continuing to do really, really good things. He's elite in wins. He is not too bad in losses, and the numbers in losses not uh, not bad considering how they started. But I think this is the most impressive part of the uh, – overall body of work for Gustafson uh, so far this season. Against the Eastern Conference, three wins, two losses, and five games started. A 2.21 goals against average and a 9-10 save percentage. He is good against the Central Division, 2-1, with a 2.38 goals against average and a 9-29 save percentage. And when Marc-Andre Fleury gets to where he's on a roll, to where you feel confident in giving him a few starts in a row, if let's say Gustafson has a dud, uh, a clunker, to where you want to go to Fleury for a couple of consecutive starts, Gustafson on three-plus days rest this season, in 11 games started, 7-4-1 with a 2.22 goals against average and a 9.24 save percentage. So, yes, he's he's racking up a bunch of starts right now. If Flurry gets to where he is on a heater this season, Gustafson has shown the ability to be effective when it's multiple days and maybe multiple games in between uh, his starts. And, you know, all those numbers are impressive. Gustafson has just had a fantastic season so far this year. But if the Wild are going to get to where they want to get to, they're going to need their goalie situation to continue to play as rock solid as they have because the schedule does not get any easier. The Wild have uh, a couple of East Coast road trips coming up. Here in the next couple of months, you've, of course, got all the games against the rest of the Central Division down the stretch. So the competition level is going to continue to be high. And so for the Wilds, they're going to need those goalies to continue to keep their play at a high level so that uh, they can continue to, uh, to not ask as much of the Wild offense during that span. So Philip Gustafson... Maybe the biggest key for the Wild uh, here in the uh, the second half of the season. But based off of what we've seen so far, I have no reason to doubt that he's up for it. Uh, I think he is definitely ready for the challenge. Now we'll just have to see how the results play out uh, as we go. So uh, that is one of the names that is going to be very key for the Wild here in 2023. Uh, one of the other names that the Wild just got back, could be looked at as a trade deadline acquisition. We'll talk about another name who is going to be pivotal for the Wild come the rest of the season. That's on the way next here on Locked on Wild. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info plus stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to the final few games of the College Bowl season to the NBA to the NHL, they've got it all at betonline.net. 
And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at Bet Online as well. They are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, so head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at Bet Online where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, once again, thanks for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure you check out the Locked on NHL Prospects show for your second listen, your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft, plus NHL draft rankings and top prospect comparisons for every team. Locked on NHL Prospects available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So we talked about Philip Gustafson being a huge key for this team in 2023. And I teased that the next name that we're going to discuss is a guy who was just activated uh, within the uh, the last few games to get try to get back to the level he was at last season and had a big game against the St. Louis Blues. That, of course, Ryan Hartman. And Hartman has had... He's had an up-and-down season, to say the least. He was uh, was injured in a fight and, uh, as mentioned, just recently came back from that. But before that, was struggling with penalties and turnovers and just did not look himself at the start of the season, which prompted him to be moved off of the Kaprizov line just to try to give him some confidence back and to get him back into the mode of trying to be the type of player to help out Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarell. Led to, before him getting hurt, a few really solid games for uh, for Ryan Hartman, but then got hurt, missed a bunch of time, and now has finally come back uh, to, uh, to try to replicate some of that magic. If you look at uh, the three games before he was hurt, um, on the 27th, he... Uh, had a two-point game against the Ottawa Senators in a 2-1 to win, quiet against Detroit in a 2-1 to loss, and then in the game against Chicago in which he actually did get hurt, he had an assist, but then left the game early. So uh, five total points in the, uh, the games in the month of October that he actually did play, which was, uh, was nine of them. And in the six games since... Hartman has recorded four points, including a two-goal effort against the St. Louis Blues, also scored against the Anaheim Ducks, and uh, recorded an assist in the win against the Winnipeg Jets as well. What have we talked about for a good majority of the season so far this year is that the Wild are in a position where they want to try to get the Matt Boldy line reignited to get a similar feel to what we saw last year with Kevin Fiala, Freddie Goudreau, and Matt Boldy. And so if it's not going to be Sammy Walker, and I think a lot of people would agree that that has been the more effective route, if it's not going to be Sammy Walker that um, is going to fill that spot, you're going to need Ryan Hartman to be that guy. And he can give this team a huge lift by stepping into that role and providing offense, providing a spark for this team to give them that second complementary scoring line that forces you into a decision as to who you're going to guard. Are we going to throw all of our defense at the Kaprizov line? Are we going to throw all of our defense at the Boldy line? 
you're you're gonna have to pick one because unless you're a team that boasts two elite shutdown level lines, you're you're gonna have to make a decision on a nightly basis. It's likely gonna be the Kaprizov line most of the time. So if Ryan Hartman can capture some of that magic he had last year and can translate that into a wing position or maybe going back to his old spot in the lineup, um, as we'll talk about here next, that's going to go a long way for this team because beyond Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Zuccarello, um, and Jewel Erickson Eck and Matt Boldy, there haven't been a lot of guys that have regularly contributed on the offensive end so far this season. And in order for Ryan Hartman to do that, he's going to need to avoid the penalties that have stacked up so far this season. It was pretty publicized. Dean Evison saying that Hartman needs to be smarter uh, about how he's playing. There were a lot of chatter on social media as to maybe Hartman needs a little bit of a breather just to get his head right after, um, I believe... I believe it was against the Dallas Stars. Yeah, he had the bad penalty that, if I recall correctly, led to one of the Dallas power play goals when the game was close and it kind of helped put the finishing touches on that win for the Dallas Stars. And after the game, it's a, it was a pretty simple message from Dean Evison is that, you know, nobody's above it. If you uh, are putting the team in a bad position and uh, and not contributing to the winning effort, you're probably going to end up having to sit on the bench. And Hartman, to his credit, he uh, he had the I'm 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 a big boy I I can handle it approach in his response, and then he responded with his probably best game of the year against St. Louis with a couple of goals. He was a plus one, um, and was credited with the game winner. Uh, in that win against the Blues. And so if Hartman can can keep from committing those penalties that just end up coming at the absolute worst times of the game and he can go into uh, a shooter on the other end for Matt Boldy in which they can you know, create some, some dynamic level plays that lead to goals, that's going to go a huge way for this team. In, uh, in giving them more balanced scoring because over the last few games, it's been a quiet uh, stretch for the Kaprizov line. And so final player that we'll talk about as we look at three big keys for the Wild in 2023 uh, is a part of that Kaprizov line. We'll talk about that after this here on Locked on Wild. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thank you, as always, for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Taking a look at three names who can have a big impact on the 2023 portion of the schedule for the Minnesota Wild. We talked about Philip Gustafson. Talked about Ryan Hartman. We're going to talk about Sam Steele to finish off the show today. So we mentioned it's been a little bit of a quiet run for the Kaprizov line over the past few games. It's been uh, five or six since Kirill Kaprizov has scored a goal. But um, as long as they have three contributing members to that Kaprizov, Zuccarello, and Steele line, Sam Steele is going to continue to own that spot. And 
it'll be interesting to see, especially if Ryan Hartman starts stacking some quality games together. If there is any sort of urgency to try to make the switch between Steele and Hartman, just to see if you can kind of get back to some of that magic from last season down the stretch. But as of right now, I mean, Steele finished off a month of December in which he uh, he chipped in 10 points. He was a plus 8 and uh, was shooting the puck quite a bit as well. He had 31 shots in December. Shooting percentage not uh, not great, but you would think that uh, at some point his luck will rebound and uh, that will get more towards a more normal level uh, compared to uh, to where he's at right now. But Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello, we know those guys stir the drink. They flow the offense. And so if you are getting Sam Steele contributing to that, helping make some plays and helping feed those guys more opportunities for them to get goals or opportunities for them to draw the attention to leave him open for shots, then this is going to be Sam Steele's spot. But if that line starts to struggle um, and these cold stretches pile up, then we're, we're probably going to see a... Um, we're probably going to see a switch. But if Sam Steele continues to help pace that top line, then that allows you to just leave that, leave those line mixes alone. If Steele's producing with the Kaprizov line, then maybe that allows you to leave Hartman with the Boldy line. And maybe that line continues to, uh, to show some nice chemistry. And then you can leave the Grief line alone. And the fourth line then becomes a mix-and-match type scenario that allows you to really optimize this lineup. And in the event of some injuries, then you can more fill from the fourth line as opposed to having to pull, say, Sam Steele off of the top line and trying to supplant things from there. So... It's all about the line construction and continuity for this team, but this has been kind of the thing we've seen with Kaprizov and Zuccarello is that they don't necessarily need a center to perform well in order for them to do well themselves. But in the events that they get a center that is capable of kind of doing their own thing, the results are great. The results are like what we saw last year with Ryan Hartman in that spot. So it's it's just kind of a choose-your-own-adventure for Sam Steele here down the stretch. If he, if he wants to continue to see what's going to end up being a career year for him because he's at his career high in goals as of right now, he's only a few points off of his career high in points in a season. He has a chance to really put himself in a uh, good situation in the offseason and beyond if he puts together a monster, monster-ish season as the, uh, the top-line center for this team. But as important as that line is throughout uh, the course of the, uh, the Wilds' goal scoring, as important as the Kaprizov line is, if, if any 
portion of that line starts to uh, starts to slip, somebody is going to quickly fill that spot because that's that's the one valve you cannot afford to have go fully dry, no matter how well the other lines are performing. And so, it's Steele's job, and liked what we've seen from him so far this season. But if he if he can't hang on to it, Ryan Hartman is waiting, and other players in the mix as well. So I think those are probably the biggest three players. Now you could honorable mention this. You could go with Mark Andre Fleury because you know him being the veteran, he would likely be the guy that would get the opportunities in the postseason. You could go with any number of other players: Kirill, Matt Boldy, the Grief Line. There are a lot of players that are going to need to step their game up and to just keep doing what they're doing if this team's going to have a successful finish to this season. But I think those three, Philip Gustafson, Ryan Hartman, Sam Steele, if those guys are the ones that can really help set the tone, then that is going to make this a much deeper and more dangerous team as we gear up for the playoffs. So there you have it. Today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Uh, A reminder, we will have a preview for you tomorrow for the Tampa Bay Lightning game. That will be different than tomorrow's normal episode as we'll be joined by Alex Micheletti to uh, discuss everything uh, to kind of close out the 2022 portion of the season for the Wild. So we'll talk with Alex for tomorrow's episode. But I uh, just thought this would be kind of a fun topic with the weather the way it is to uh, to sneak in here for everybody to uh, occupy their Tuesday night. So thank you for tuning in as always. Make sure you subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms, whether it be YouTube, whether it be Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any of those we appreciate you tuning in on a daily basis. Also make sure to check out TikTok and social media as we're pretty active there as well. All of this so that we can keep you as up to date on the Minnesota Wild as is possible. And we do this with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network.